Breakfast from Scotston. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy. Hello and welcome back to Warriors Weekly, the official Glasgow Warriors Club podcast. As always, I'm Jack Reed. Unfortunately, there's there's no Adam Ash this week. He has been called into Scotland camp as precautionary injury cover for Magnus Bradbury. But instead, I've, I've actually upgraded. You'll be delighted to hear. I've got Club Centurion, Scotland International, and the most famous moustache in Glasgow, Rory Jackson. Jacko, thanks so much for stepping in. You're actually my first choice when I was setting this up, but like Ashy begged. Yeah. I so you, I wanted you week in, week out, but you know what he's he, like. He likes the sound of his own voice. Exactly. So he was, he to be, be out there. I think it says an awful lot about the man, doesn't it, that we do podcasts week in, week out, and the second Scotland come calling, away he goes, forgets his roots, and... So from now on, I think, mate, you're in. Yeah. I, I Congratulations. So. I won't leave you hanging like that. Even if I was to get a call up, I'm, I would I'd make sure I'm available for, for the podcast. I wouldn't just leave you high and dry searching for, for a replacement last minute. So I, know. I appreciate it. stitched you up, but you've, you've done well to pull out a great replacement. Um, obviously, we're delighted for him and hope it all goes well through there. Um, let's start by talking about Cardiff, though. You weren't playing, but you were down there. Everyone must have been delighted in the dressing room after that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. And... Uh, it was, uh, it was actually, uh, I'd, cause I'd done, done my fitness after the warm-up and then went in, had a shower, and by the time I came out, it was 12 mil. <laughs> I was like, wow. What's going on like, here? Oh, I, I missed all this. I've literally been missed the first three, four minutes. And uh, yeah, we were 12 mil up, so it was great, great start. And we really wanted to make a statement. We were, although we put in a good performance against Saris, we were a bit frustrated with um, missing out on a few chances. So uh, we set our stall early doors and, and it was great to see and, and then to get the bonus point as well was a, a great result away from home. And some wonder tries. Johnny's, Johnny's got to be up there this season, hasn't he? Yeah, except his dive. It <laughs> <laughs> was absolutely horrendous. He needs some work on that. At least he, yeah, he didn't do a Freddie Burns, at least. Oh, yeah, at least. <laughs> well, we, let's talk about the first two tries in five minutes. What can that do to your, your confidence? Can it put it either way? Can you get a bit complacent early doors or can it really just shock yeah. the other team? Yeah, you could do, but it's a... I think if you, I think the way we sort of did it, um, Cardiff had a, had a fair bit of pressure after that. It's it's always going to be like that over eighty minutes. You're not going to be completely dominant, but but to keep them shut out in that that first half was uh, was great resolve. And and uh, our defence the last two weeks has been been awesome, and the guys have put in a real physical performance. And that's the sort of benchmark we we want to set, and we've got to keep keep pushing that on moving forward. And um, yeah, to go in half-time 15-0 up was, uh, was great for us and, and then to get that early try in the second half mm-hmm. as well um, it was great and, and we didn't stop we were, although I think we probably left a few tries out there we were constantly sort of uh, pushing the sort of boundaries and, and trying to get, get over that line for the fourth try and, and more after that as well which was great to see we, we were not happy with just being in front by sort of 10-15 points we really wanted to put, put the foot on the throat and, and kill them off and uh, we maybe didn't quite achieve that, um, leaving a couple of tries out there, but I think um, the defensive efforts um, over the last couple of weeks has been outstanding. Ashley's just one of a number of boys who are away in camp. What's it like here with, with so many away? How much preparation can you actually do? Do you do things slightly differently? What's, what's today been like? Uh, it's certainly quieter. Um, not, not as many boys in around training. Um, some, I guess some sessions have to be... Um, change a little bit because we maybe don't always have the, the full numbers um, to sort of go 15 on 15 but we certainly make do and um, we, we make sure throughout the season anyway that if you, even if you're not playing you're, you're learning the calls, you're running shape you're, you're doing all our moves so it should be a seamless transition into that um, it's not a case of people coming in and not knowing what's going on so um, 
things shouldn't be messed up too too much on that that front. But it's uh, it's certainly quieter, and uh, um, especially the few of the characters that are away, like Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. So it's uh, it is different, but it's um, it's great that I mean we're fairly used to it now over the years. We've always yeah. had large numbers shifting away. So I think last year, I think we won most uh, games, if not all of them, whilst during the international. Um, break so we we set up a really good high standard and that's probably why we qualified um, with a few games to spare last year so um, let's hope we can get to that standard again well last year there was that that weekend for you wasn't there <laughs> when you played two, two games in less than 24 hours yeah that was where well, we've got Ospreys again talk us through that yeah uh, oh, it was just a crazy weekend um, warming up and then Hoggy goes and tweaks his quad um, so cheers, cheers for that one. Um, got, got a match bonus involved in the world record, uh, not world record victory, but a, a record uh, victory for um, Scotland against Australia. Mm-hmm. Then fly down and then uh, the boys, I think, put in a record victory against the Ospreys. <laughs> so it was, although I actually didn't, I didn't have my best game down at Ospreys. I was pretty tired, but um, the boys put in a great shift and to be involved in those two games was a, a crazy weekend and, and one that lives fondly in my memories. It's uh, it's Toman Park this week. Uh, always a tough place to go. Have you got any any fond memories from there? Um, unfortunately, not necessarily. From uh, I, pl- I think I played in one of the opening games at, at Thomond, and uh, we we lost. It was a decent game, but my main memory from that game was uh, our police escort deciding to crash on route <laughs> to, to the stadium. I don't know if it was on purpose to delay us, but um, they'll do anything. Yeah. All those underhand yeah. tactics. Yeah, they were. They were. Nightmare, those Irish, but um, no, they, I th- he was all right, I'm pretty sure. But um, it caused a bit of chaos leading up to the game. Uh, that's definitely not why we lost. But, so that happens again, we know something dodgy. Yeah, exactly. Happened. If there's a repeat of that, we know. But um, yes, yeah, so that's that's my only memory. But um, I think we've had a bit of mixed fortunes over there mm-hmm. over the years. We've had, had some victories and had some losses. So um, we know we're under no illusions how tough it will be there. What's the chat been this week? What are we expecting from them? Just physicality. Because um, they'll likely yeah. be missing some international boys too, so they might be in a similar position to us, but I guess it doesn't really matter what months of, ti- what months of side they put out, they're always going to be yeah, the same mould. They're always going to be tough. They've had a good couple of weeks in Europe as well. and uh, Yeah, exactly. The, the physicality, the, um, the passion they play with, especially in front of their home crowd, it's, it's always a tough place to go. You really have to be at the top of your game. And I remember last year, similar to this year, we, we had a good victory against them at home, but when we went away to them, they, they sort of beat us up a bit. So, um, yeah, we know we need to match them up there, and then hopefully our, our skills and, and uh, exciting sort of play we can, can sort of get us over the line. And then we haven't got another home game until, it's a month today actually, 23rd of November, Cardiff Blues again. Tickets are available on GlasgowWarriors.org. <laughs> um, what, what is it like playing a team so regularly throughout a season? We'll be playing Cardiff four times. Does it get? Does each game get gradually harder the more you get to know the team, or are they completely different occasions each time? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think like you, you, there will be elements of sort of working each other out. Um, so yeah, you get, you get to know teams very well when when you get your your own leagues teams in um, in Europe, and um, it makes for some interesting matchups. And yeah, there's, you, you then have to come up with new things as well. So you've got to be quite inventive. So it's, it's quite fun in the way in a way. So your preparation has to be really good and. Um, yeah, they'll be trying to fix some of the wrongs that they they had against us last weekend, and um, so yeah, it'll, it'll make for an interesting sort of mental and tactical battle more than anything. But, um, but yeah, we'll always back ourselves at home, especially. And then it's back to the Guinness Pro 14, but Europe's not too far away. Those that second <coughs> block of rounds, and it's back to back against Leon. 
does the fact that we've won that game now, we've got five points, is there going to be the same amount of pressure on that away game in France? We know realistically we're going to have to get points from that, so how will we be approaching that one? Yeah, we'll, we'll just be going similar to the Cardiff game. It's so. kind of the opposite, isn't it? Like We know Cardiff really well, we're playing them a lot, but Lyon are a bit of an unknown entity. Yeah, big time. They've been going really well in the, the top four team. Um, I think they're saying third or fourth or something. They're, they're up there. Oh, I can't mind, I've got that wrong. But they, I know they've had a couple of really good results. So they've pumped Montpellier, beat Toulon, uh, which seems to be easy these days. Uh, <laughs> Edinburgh can do it. But, um, but yeah, so we, we know they've got, so they've got some a big sort of pack and, and some exciting players as well so um, we need to be on on our metal um, it's always exciting playing teams that you've not necessarily uh, come up against regularly but um, we'll, we'll go with the same mindset as we did against Cardiff and um, we can defend well and, and sort of shut them out and we'll always back ourselves to score, score some tries I mentioned your, your moustache in the intro November's coming up obviously famous November month will you be doing anything different? I don't know. I've been asked a few times this, and you're kind of doing it all year round. At the yeah, moment. <laughs> I'm just promoting men's health twenty four seven, twelve months of the year. So um, I don't know. I've, I've contemplated dying or doing something like that, but I think I've been a good shift uh, the other eleven months of the year. So I might just keep keep it the same. Who in the squad could rival you, and who's got who's probably got the worst effort? Um, <laughs> there's a few terrible efforts there's a lot of guys that str- really struggle to grow facial hair um, there's a few good a few good facial hair Ryan Wilson actually grows a decent uh, little mowing has good little twirls on it I reckon Nick Frisbee would, mm-hmm. he's a hairy individual so I'm sure you could bring out something he's, he's been known to have some big handlebars in his time um, he's shown me a few, few pictures so uh, I'm sure there'll be a few few guys putting in good efforts in, in November and uh, it is a great month and I've, I've always had fun doing stuff and I, th- I enjoyed it so much that I just decided to keep it so um, hopefully more people will do that as well and then just swear those patchy beard letting the side down oh god it's horrible um, yeah he looks like the guy from Team America when he's like <laughs> his, uh, um, yeah other hair stuck onto his uh, face so um, yeah hopefully he just keeps clean shaved this is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast. Well, DTH van der Merwe carried on his fine try-scoring form in Cardiff this week, taking his tally up to 51. And last week I got a message of him saying that his wife's sister's boyfriend was visiting and that I should Google him and let him know if I'd be interested in having a podcast chat. I did Google him and I found out that his wife's sister's boyfriend was in fact three-time Olympic cyclist and 2012 Giro d'Italia winner Ryder Hesedal. The Giro obviously being Italy's Tour de France. He also competed in the Tour de France several times. I think fifth was his highest place finish. So obviously we jumped at the opportunity to speak to Ryder. And it was really interesting chatting to him actually, comparing the contrast in training and mentality required from a team sport and an individual sport. So I sat down with him and DTH after the Saracens game, and this is what they had to say. The official Glasgow Warriors podcast. All right, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, yeah, you were at sure. the Saracens game on the weekend. What did you make of the atmosphere here? Oh, it was incredible. It was actually my first uh, first game over here to to experience, so it was a really nice treat uh, to be with uh, DTH and and the family and just yeah take it in. How long are you over here in the UK for? I've uh, been here since Saturday or Sunday morning actually, and then leave tomorrow. So uh, it's been a nice little stay. How much time do you two spend? talking sport and talking 
fitness and everything like that. I, I can imagine your wives and girlfriends get pretty bored of all the well, we, all the, girl, all, the <laughs> all the sport chat. We've just actually we've just met yeah. um, on Sunday, right, um, okay. but literally, I guess from Sunday, it's me really picking his brain and just finding out the way they train and it's and and things that I would think would make sense for them is completely different. Um, the way we train is completely different from them, you know, in terms of strength training and. Um, and you know, I guess for us, it's all about max explosiveness and speed. Mm-hmm. For him, it's more in, like an endurance type of thing. So, um, yeah, it's quite interesting to just hear mm-hmm. his side of things um, and how he trained and how how uh, proud he is of his um, his thin thin arms and thin <laughs> legs. When when uh, you know, all we want to do is is <laughs> trying to get massive uh, for the field. But it's you know, it's just two totally different sports. Um, one is all about you know I get well both is probably about strength but mm-hmm. um, his different, he needs to be forms. yeah he needs to have a, a different form and be be lean up top I guess so how long were you professional for uh, yeah eighteen years I just counted kind of forget so um, yeah I started straight out of junior uh, in 1999 actually in mountain biking I did that uh, six years professional. And then in the last couple of years was transitioning to road and doing both actually at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, in 2004 was road and mountain bike uh, at the highest level and then went to Athens for, for mountain bike. And then in 2005 stopped mountain biking completely and just switched to the road. And how many, sorry, how many Tour de France did you say it was? It was uh, seven. Seven Tour de France. Yeah, I got three Olympics. Three Olympics, yep. Uh, seven Giro d'Italia's and three Tour of Spain's. And so when you were at your peak then, what would your standard, or what, was there a standard day of training? What would yeah. that, what, oh. leading up, for example, in yeah. 2012, before mm-hmm. you won the Giro d'Italia, how mm-hmm. long were you training mm-hmm. in the lead up to that? And what would that look like? Um, really, it kind of just broke down to average, uh, an average, uh, you know, hours per week, uh, building up, mixing racing, and training so getting that type of intensity race wise like your racing sounds silly that you consider that training but you would do races that weren't as important as others but using them in a way to prepare so actual competitive yeah competitive kind of pretty hard to replicate uh that in in training you know Mm -hmm. on the road outside of the race in the peloton so um i would actually race a lot leading up to the the big races and, and use that as really my training. I needed a lot of uh, volume and effort to really get good, and I would actually get better as the three-week races went on. Um, so, but just in general, you're looking at about 25 hours a week of riding, and then that would be all you know, all different types of uh, effort. You know, one day might be a five-hour day, just mm-hmm. easy, just slow, easy, fat, fat burning. Yeah, with, you know, intensity-wise. Yeah, yeah obviously sitting on the bike might sound not easy but at that stage it was easy five hour runs yeah 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 so you know and then you might do you know one day where three hours is fully intense out of five hours you're still five hours on the bike so an average race week is about 30 hours a week so you you have to do that volume you can't train for five hours a week and then go race 30 hours a week and be good so you're actually always kind of doing that volume Mm mm-hmm throughout the year and that's what it ends up being 80 to 100 hours a month month in and month out 
And is it the same for you? Do you find it's difficult to, in terms of a game, is it difficult to replicate, you said that it's difficult to replicate an actual race intensity mm -hmm. when you're just riding? Is it the same for you in a week here? You can never quite... Yeah, I think if you think about pre-season, there's a lot of running, a lot of, you know, on-field you know, games we'll play. But, um, you know, having those pre-season games is, is ultimately what gets you into the game. I know for, for a fact this, week, this year I played a Northampton game you know, I felt rusty mm -hmm. um, and it's only with game time that you can actually, you know, get that game fitness and, and uh, you know, the vision of the field and the feeling of it all again. Um, and actually, if we talk about cycling, you know, we do loads and loads of like um, fitness testing on the bike, on the what bikes, but ultimately when you go out in the field, it just doesn't translate to an actual game. So I think game fitness will just come from purely from playing the matches and just having a run of games. Um, leading into I guess a big big game D, how do you think you'd fare on on some of these long distance <laughs> no <laughs> how, how just, long do you think you could keep to, up with that Peloton I was trying to think about him saying about five hours of light five <laughs> yeah. hours on the bike I just spent I think 17 minutes on the bike doing 10k and I was you know by the end of it I could barely stand up so um, no it's not it's, for me that I, I think uh, it's all relative I would yeah. take one hit and I was about to say by the season so <laughs> <laughs> In terms of the, the profile of cycling and everything that's been going on with it recently, do yeah. you think it's a sport that can that can come through the negative yeah, reputation I, it has currently? And Yeah, I think the good stuff always prevails and the sport is beautiful. Um, the passion's there. Um, yeah, I, I do. I think it'll always be an uh, important sport and a sport that's been done for a long time and has a lot of history important history and has learned through mistakes and it's in the best place I think it's ever been so uh, I think that's all that matters for the young riders coming in now uh, I wish dearly that the sport was like it is now when I was young and I started so yeah I know I'm a part of the good part of the sport now and that opportunity where riders are coming in to their first uh, taste of professional and um, the teams and you know it, it's nothing like it was so mm -hmm. uh, you gotta be happy with that the um, the Rugby World Cup's coming up in a in a few months end of this season all being well D you'll be there I can imagine have you guys spoken about that kind of atmosphere when I can imagine it's similar for you at, at the Olympic Games when you're involved in those those kind of close communities and you really immerse yourselves in big tournaments like that what was that like? Yeah, I mean, I that was always a dream of mine when I was younger, just to go to the Olympics and represent mm -hmm. your country. So the fact that I did that in mountain biking uh, first, you know, that was a real big goal of mine. Um, and it was important in the sport. Um, you know, basically world champion, uh, Olympic champion. Um, uh, but in cycling, I started to realize there's a lot of events that are... Uh, you'd almost trade for an Olympic gold medal. So once you kind of learn that and realize that, it changes a little bit, but it doesn't ever take away from that you want to go and, and represent your country. I mean, that's the point of the Olympics for me. And it was, and, you know, I got to do that three times, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. Um, so, yeah, it is definitely different uh, for cycling when you're used to just the way the races are and everything, mm -hmm. and then you go you know for your for your country and some countries have nine people and some have two yeah, yeah. or three or one and it's like 
playing a different game in a way. So that was strange and cycling is kind of complicated, but um, yeah, it was it was always exciting to go. Is it similar for you in terms of that World Cup? That yeah, when you were growing up, that was that that kind of every four years that kind of motivated you. Yeah, no, my you know growing up, I obviously was born in South Africa, grew up supporting the Springboks, and I remember that '95 World Cup that really changed the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just straight after apartheid, um, you know, just united the whole nation, and um, from I guess from that age. On, I I was just hooked on wanting to be a um, playing in playing into a, a World Cup, and you know, I was lucky enough then to immigrate to Canada and um, to, you know, play for them in 2007, 11, and 2015. And uh, you know, at the moment we're probably not the best places as Rugby Canada as a as a, a unit, but uh, you know we've still got a chance this November to qualify for the World Cup, and it would be great to you know get there one last chance. Um, before it's time to hang up the boots. Um, so all guns will be blazing in, in November. I was speaking to Dee earlier about um, one of your Olympic experiences. Was it was it Beijing where... Well, was, yeah, the flat Beijing? tire. Where you got, you got oh, a puncture? Yeah. Um, no, that, that was in Athens. That was in Athens. So my oh, first Athens, time, yeah. and I was... I've been in the front of, you know, world world races, so I, I think I could have, you know challenge for a medal at least and uh yeah you get a, a flat tire so how, how far were you from were you leading at the time no it, it was quite early in the race right okay. like right away so uh <laughs> you know you, you work for something like that for so long and then you get a you know mechanical uh, failure that's tough you know mm-hmm. and that's part of the sport uh certainly in mountain biking at that that time um change a little bit where there's some options for mechanical support but uh yeah it's gone you know basically the air is out of your dream literally four years ago. yeah <laughs> and you know i think that shapes people you know to come back and from those setbacks and any professional athlete knows uh, it's usually more setbacks than, than triumph so uh, that was just one one small piece in, in my career um you know, and then I was able to go to the next Olympics, you know, in a different sport four years later. So I'm pretty proud of that. Well, do when you have a setbacks in rugby because it's such a big squad here, especially you're mm-hmm. surrounded by people and you can really immerse yourself in everything else that's going on and you can lean on people. But is it? Would you say it's cycling can still be a team sport? Mm-hmm. It's much more individual. Well, yeah, it it is quite team, obviously in road cycling mm-hmm. the way the, the dynamic of the, the team operates on the road um, but it is just you pedaling the bike you know it doesn't matter if all your other uh, eight teammates in the race are in the front if you don't keep pedaling you're out of the race mm-hmm. uh, so you can't win uh, you know close to a team sport you can sit on the bench and the team is winning yeah. so you can't get carried like that um, but you do rely uh, in a lot of the, obviously the same ways you have your, your support team your staff like people behind the scenes like we, you can't ride your bike and focus on riding your bike or racing your bike five six hours a day without a whole team of support people behind you so you definitely have that uh, component where uh, you have the group and, and you have to work together otherwise you, you just can't 
achieve you know top top results. How important cool. do you find that in a rugby environment, the the team ethic and the having everyone around you in moments of adversity like that? Yeah, I think we you know we pride ourselves on being you know a family club, and I think that's where rugby's massively focused on is being you know if the person who competes is happy at home and his family feels welcome at the at the stadium or the training venues or whatever it might be you know you get a good result with with that player on the field so um and then you know when we all we all love each other like brothers um obviously you have you know seven eight other guys and you're in the same position you know trying to go for the for the, the same so for my position i guess two spots um but i think it's you know we all you know care about each other we'll help each other out because ultimately the the one the goal is is the club and playing for our, our friends our family and the, and the people of glasgow um it's the sport is bigger than the person and uh um i think we we do that pretty well here at glasgow um yeah i can't can't say enough how, how much everyone cares about each other and You'd help everyone tweak their games just to to make sure we get that that positive result on the weekends. What do you? Um, what do you? How do you spend your time now? Do you still go out like recreationally? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. I mean, I I love riding. I always have. I've always ri- you know rode my bike when I can, and I still do. You know, I just don't have to pin the numbers on anymore. <laughs> and, uh, go you know as deep as you have to go day <laughs> yeah. in and day out to to get through the racing. But uh, like I said, uh, I love riding. I, I still want the, the latest and greatest bikes and, and uh, material, and, and I use it to to have fun and stay fit and really what what the bike can do for you uh, in a lot of ways. So how yeah, many bikes do you think you've collected along the way <laughs> along the years? I asked him yeah, that on the weekend. Trying, <laughs> to, trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, I've, I've at least twenty-five or thirty still, something like that. Well, Scotland's yeah. a. Yeah. I've heard Scotland's a beautiful country for bike riding. Have you managed to to get out while you've been here? Uh, not not for a ride, but we did get out to what is it, Mugduck? Yeah, Mugduck. And yeah. we had a bike rental spot in the castle there, or the park there, and the people were riding around and looked great. And I was actually wanting to to get out and take a <laughs> pedal. So um, yeah, maybe next time. He'll probably just de- blame the jet lag because <laughs> he's been sleeping till eleven a.m. every morning. Oh, my holidays. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's been great. We've been uh, fortunate to have some awesome blue skies most of the days here. So. It's always like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're hooked on rugby now, I can imagine. Yeah, well, I'm watching this guy's think, career pretty yeah, closely. Uh, still don't know if I could actually give it a go. I have to work a little bit in the gym, I think, before I cut out there. That's for sure. Yeah. But uh, I do enjoy the just the intensity and the respect for these guys to see how how hard they push and I mean it's it's incredible so uh, a lot of respect mate thanks very much for your time thank you perfect thanks Jack alright Jack and Ashy with the weekly Glasgow Warriors podcast well all joking aside it wouldn't be an episode of Warriors Weekly without hearing from the big man himself Adam Ash so I gave him a call a bit earlier on to hear what he's been up to in St Andrews in his couple of days away this is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast. Ashley, mate, I've been looking all over for you all day. Whereabouts are you? I've been up in St Andrews. Uh, called in to do some training with the Scotland squad. So had a good couple of days up there and uh, just heading back on the bus to Glasgow now. Oh, mate, congrats on that. How's it, how's it been up there for you? 
it's been good. A uh, couple of days of, uh, I guess, getting everybody up to speed uh, with all the call systems and um, obviously with Danny Wilson, the new forwards coach, there's a whole new kind of set up with the forwards, line out calls and new structures and that sort of thing. So uh, I just the first couple of days really about getting everybody uh, clued up with what's going on and, and what we're looking to do, etc. But uh, it's been good, good to catch up with the coaches and see a few old faces and uh, meet some new people as well. So all in all, it was really, really good couple of days. And you don't feel at all guilty for leaving me all on my own to make this podcast without you? Nothing? Oh, I'm sorry, man. I know it's a shame. That's the first thing I thought about when I got the call. <laughs> I thought, I'm not going to be here this week. Jack's going to be on his own. Uh, I hear Rory Jackson's been called in, so um, I'm sure he'll do a good job. Mate, Jacko, Jacko stepped up to the mark perfectly. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying, legend. I'm not saying he was better than you, but Aye. I'm just saying, well, the public will have to decide. We'll let the public decide, and if he's better than me, I'm out and he's in. <laughs> right, mate. Well, congrats again, and it's great to hear from you. And well, hopefully, see you soon. Aye, I'll be back soon. Uh, keep listening, peeps, and we'll be back with you asap. <laughs> All the best, mate. Cheers. The official Glasgow Warriors podcast. <laughs> Well, that's it for Warriors Weekly this week. Thanks again for joining us. And Jacko, thanks again for stepping in. Um, give us your feedback. Let us know. I might even start a poll on Twitter, Jacko or Ashy, and I think it's going to be pretty unanimous. Yeah, I think so. And uh, Ashy. If you vote for me, there might be some gin on offer. I won't say the brand, obviously, because there's a conflict, but check out my Twitter and Instagram <laughs> and you'll know what I mean. <laughs> And, uh, well, on that note, thanks again. (laughs) The Glasgow Warriors, official podcast. With Jack and Ashy.